You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne. What kind of willpower does it take to decide to eliminate your tribe? To collectively cease to have children? And if one happens to be born, that it be thrown from a cliff to its death? That's part of the tragedy of a tribe, the Duaguita, which lived in what is today northwestern Argentina in the 15th century. In their city of Quilmes, near Cafiate, they initially resisted the Inca Empire, which spread from Peru through the Andes. But they later accepted a certain coexistence in return for technologies such as irrigation, which the invaders had brought. In the Inca decline, the Spanish invaders became their next enemy, and for 130 years they fought against subjugation, eventually being defeated. As the history goes, the Daguichans then decided on a form of collective deliberate extinction by vowing not to have any more children. On a visit there some years ago, I stood on the outcrop above the ruins of their city from where it is said they killed any babies which happened to be born despite their extinction effort. In the end, the population of the city had reduced by two-thirds to some 2,000 people. At that point, they left Quilmes, one group heading for Cordoba, the other for Buenos Aires, some 1,500 kilometres away. Many hundreds died on the way, and the settlement in Buenos Aires, where the Spanish rulers effectively put them on a reservation, was eventually abandoned, as it had become a ghost town. Today, that settlement is also known as Quilmes but is famous only because Argentina's best-selling beer of the same name comes from there. Hearing that very strong story made my visit to ancient Quilmes a very thought-provoking one. Looking down over the excavated ruins spread below that outcrop, I could almost feel the sense of hopeless determination amongst a people who had once been the masters of the Calchaki Valley. That visit to Quilmes was a sidetrack to a Land Rover drive up to the highest national road in the Americas passable by car, and then only for a few months of the year without using a four-wheel drive vehicle. At some 5,000 metres, the Abre de la Quai is higher than Mont Blanc. It was an amazing journey, not just to see the capabilities of the Land Rover discovery in its element, but to traverse an area where the people today are a mix of many races. I also learned about and sampled the wines of western Argentina, including those on the estate owned by American Donald Hess, which has the officially highest vineyards in the world at 3,015 metres. Getting to the Paso Abro de la Quay, the Land Rover way, involved taking the cars off-road much of the time and travelling through the gorges and canyons carved out by the Calchaki River. The views from the Paso when we finally reached it were spectacular. The cars never let us down, even when noticeably affected by the thin air of the high altitude. The biggest danger was, in fact, for us drivers, as once above 3,000 metres we were prone to altitude sickness, which can be very sudden, very debilitating, and even fatal. Some of our group did get sick, none seriously. Fortunately, I wasn't affected. 
But during all the journey, and for a long time after I got home, I couldn't get out of my mind the thought of those children thrown from their rocky outcrop over Kilmes. I'm not judging the Diaguitians for slaughtering their babies. That's something they will have come to terms with themselves hundreds of years ago. It's just the enormity of their decision of extinction that makes my small travels on this planet seem so relatively insignificant. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Gilgullen Diary. Thanks for listening.